CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode of The Hash is sponsored by CypherTrace, a MasterCard company. This is The Hash Podcast. Stay informed with the latest on Bitcoin, ETH, the metaverse, Web3, and more. All on The Hash for your ears. You're listening to the Coindesk Podcast Network. Not live anymore. We're not at consensus. We're not in the, in the flesh. Like, this is terrible. What happened? We got rugged. We were having such a good time. We were like in person with fans. We had an alpaca visit us. Here we are, trapped in these boxes again. Yeah, one day, one day we'll escape. Why do we have to get put back in the boxes? I feel so trapped. I need to be what out we in the wild like the alpaca. I don't know what we did. Give us three days IRL and they put us right back in these boxes. Oh, man. Control, so control, fun. control. Just kidding. We it love control. It was so fun. It was so fun. All right. I'm just thinking about how soft the alpaca was still. It was truly <laughs> one of many highlights of my consensus. Maybe not the highlight, but one of several. Anyway. I'm Zach Seward. We got Jensen Assey and Wendy O on the show today, and we do have some business to attend to. The hash is all about getting you up to speed on what's going on in the crypto news cycle. So let's do this thing. My turn. All right. JP Morgan bought almost all of First Republic's assets after that bank fell. Now, rewind a little bit. Remember this banking crisis that the U.S. financial system was going through? Spooked a lot of people. We saw Silicon Valley Bank fail. We saw Signature Bank be taken over by regulators. Now we're seeing something similar from First Republic, which also found itself in dire straits after the Fed rapidly raised interest rates, and they had a bunch of bad stuff on their books. So we're going to talk about this. Uh, Jamie Dimon says, hey, this chapter of the banking crisis is over. We've stepped in. We've, we've got this thing. We've got it under control. Don't worry, everybody. But I don't know. It's, I don't know if everybody is fully on that page just yet. There could be more shoes to fall. But Jamie Dimon says, no, there's only so many banks, maybe three, that were doing this shady business, and we're going to be A-OK. So anyway, I'm going to toss this straight to Jen. What do you think? Do you think this phase of the banking crisis is indeed over, or do you think more stuff is about to happen? No. Imagine I said, yes, I think it's over. I think the two of you would just lambast me. It's worrying that Jamie Dimon is saying, you know, this is all over. It's all under control now with and with no other information to back that statement up. When I was reading this story, I just thought about, you know, how we're calling for more proof of reserves, more transparency when it comes to crypto and crypto exchanges. And it's becoming more and more uh, prevalent that we should be calling for the same thing in the traditional financial sector. I think that the banks and customers would really benefit from this. Uh, Wendy, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to toss it off to you. I have more thoughts, but I saw you making... There we go. We have the tinfoil crown. There it back. is. Wendy, 
what do you think is happening? So I actually talked about this very early in the morning. I think I made a TikTok at like 5 a.m. or whatever, when it, right when one of my team members sent me the story. So we knew that this bank was probably going to go down. They halted the stock trading for the volatility. But you guys, I thought that traditional um, investment instruments or services and all that stuff, it's all regulated. It's all safe. There's no risk there. Like those products are safe. Anyways, I want to say the stock dropped like 18 or 30% one day. They halted trading. And then now JP Morgan, of course, is picking it up. JP Morgan is a big, big heavy hitter in the banking industry. So what I'm seeing is happening. I'm seeing a monopolization of the industry, which is very bad. We don't want a monopoly. The reason why we don't want a monopoly is because when you have a monopoly, that means less competition. When you have less competition, there's no fight to get your business as a customer because you're forced to go to one complete entity. There's going to be next to zero existing customer service. People are going to continue to have very poor experiences at the banks. And on top of it, we're essentially being forced to put our money into a JP Morgan bank, which maybe somebody doesn't want to use JP Morgan. So that's problematic. Also, again, this isn't a crypto failure. This is a banking failure. And on top of it, I really feel like the banking collapse is not done yet. So shout out to Jen. And I think we're going to see more of this happen. And it's just a push really to just continue to make people scared and cite panic and push a CBDC to come in. But luckily, luckily, we have this thing that was created a little bit over 10 years ago that allows people to actually have access to their hard money 24-7, 365. Does anybody know what that is? Anybody? Bueller? Bueller? I think it starts with a B. I think it okay. might be Bitcoin. And I think this is a nice little bit of tailwind for the Bitcoin narrative. You know, like Bitcoin has been having a good run of late. Things are kind of looking good in the Bitcoin markets. I think a lot of it is, again, people are looking for that flight to safety. Maybe gold isn't your thing. Maybe you have a little bit more risk tolerance. Maybe Bitcoin can be that thing that outlasts the banks in the long run. I do kind of agree with Wendy here, right? This consolidation that we're seeing in the wake of all these collapses is a bit scary, right? The idea that the regulators come in, say, hey, this, this, can, this can't happen any longer. And then, you know, JP Morgan is that first buyer who steps up, swoops up those assets on the cheap and continues on its merry way. No, that is a bit discouraging. You saw in this story that, you know, other stocks of uh, other sort of regional banks sort of are lower on this news. Markets may be thinking that some other regional banks could be next to follow. And that's something certainly to watch, despite Jamie Dimon trying to ease sort of frayed nerves out there in the markets. I think it is certainly a bit worrying. So I don't know, maybe Bitcoin continues to ride this narrative tailwind and continue to be that flight to safety that some people are certainly treating it as here and now as the banks sort of waver a little bit. I don't know, Jen, last word to you. Yeah, we're going to talk about it a little later in the show, but Balaji Srinivasan said that he's expecting a black swan event to hit the economy. <laughs> you know, when I read all of these opinions and I see what's happening in the banking sector and I think about Bitcoin, it still is a really sad and dire situation, right? There's a lot of people out there who are suffering because of inflation who are living paycheck to paycheck, who are trying to make ends meet. And Bitcoin might not necessarily be the solution to those people. It's very volatile. The regulators are attacking on and off ramps. And so I, I just, oh, I read these stories and just have to take a, a deep sigh because I don't feel like we're going to get out of this anytime soon. Zach? Fed meeting later this week, also one to watch in terms of what happens to interest rates. So keep an eye on that for some major macroeconomic market moves. All right, Wendy, let's do some crypto stuff. I'm tossing it to you. Okay, I don't know if this is a drama-filled story or not, so I'll let, the, I'll let the, the panel decide. But apparently, Justin Sun to reverse 56 million Binance transfer after CZ warns against potential Sue token. Also, too, you guys, let's talk about some of the, the tidbits from this story over here. 
Um, CZ said Binance warned Sun it will take action if he used any of the funds to buy up large amounts of Sue from Binance's launch pool during the farming period. He said the launch pool are meant for airdrops for retail users, not just a few whales. Um, I also want to add, I'm sure that he means retail users in designated areas, but you know, you can only have a certain amount of characters per tweet. Sun told ZZ his team was not fully aware of the attended purpose of funds. So kind of like funds from my wallet went to like this other wallet and like I didn't know that I was controlling them or not. He says the funds are used to facilitate market making between leading TUSD exchanges, thereby enhancing liquidity for trading and volume rather than participating in exchange promotions. And Sue is a native token of the Layer 1 blockchain. So this is sweet oh, fact-checking you, Wendy. I'm fact-checking you. you on a Monday. Thank all right. you for it's attacking not Sue, me in my speech Sue. impediment. Okay, thank you. It's all right. Sue is my nickname. People call me Sue back home. So anyway, just got to shout out. Just got to protect the brand a little bit here. Anyway, this is Sweet. <laughs> Sweet is an exciting new blockchain. It's one of those ones that kind of emerged out of the ashes of Libra, right? It uses the Move programming language. It claims to be super performant. We actually saw some news at Consensus uh, from one of the co-founders about how many transactions they claim to be able to process. Had some really sort of spiffy uh, demo going on, definitely courting sort of the gaming sector, it seems like, at least out of the gate. But this is, again, sort of a general purpose blockchain that can do lots of different things. Now, people in the world are kind of pissed off at SWE because they're not doing an airdrop, right? All the DGENs, they love a good airdrop. I understand why the team might not want to pursue that angle, especially given the regulatory environment in the West and in the US specifically. But this is sort of against that backdrop, right? Mainnet's going live, I think, May 3rd. Uh, so people are looking to get those tokens. They want those mainnet tokens. They want to you know, ride that pump should there be an initial one. And people like Justin Sun are apt to play those games, right? It's just the whale's world and we're all living in it. There is some shenanigans up at the upper echelons of the bag holding world. So anyway, you know, this is people trying to game these systems, right? Trying to game these mainnet launches so that they can stand to profit. This is certainly not new in crypto. People in crypto love doing this stuff, whether you're airdrop, whether you're like farming airdrops, uh, sort of low-key civil attacking, trying to get as many wallets in on the whitelist as possible, or you're doing some of this stuff that Justin Sun is alleged to have done in this piece. But yeah, I think there's definitely some excitement around Sweet as evidenced by uh, Justin Sun trying to do his best to get in on that action. But I don't know. I don't know what the, I don't know. I don't know if there's a ton of drama here, to be honest, but I'll toss it to Jen just in case she thinks otherwise. I think Sun's apology seems a little fishy. Just saying it was an oversight and he wasn't planning on doing this. I don't know. It just feels like, then what were you planning to do? And why are you shifting all the blame to your, to your team? I, I think there is some drama behind the scenes here, Wendy. I'm with, I am with you on this one. But when I was reading the story, I was thinking like, isn't it for everyone, whales and not whales? I know that we don't want whales to come in and dominate, you know, these different crypto ecosystems because we're just perpetuating the issues we're trying to solve in the real world. But how do we solve it? Is it for people like CZ to come in and just say you're not allowed to do this? I feel like, Wendy, that goes against a lot of things that you say. Well, so that's the thing is like operating in a true decentralized economy. I don't get to tell you and you don't get to tell mm -hmm. me, but I guess like we still get to tell each other like this is wrong. Don't do this, but we can't necessarily enforce it. So I guess if CZ goes in and actually enforces it, it does, does kind of go against that aspect. But at the same time, he does run a centralized exchange. So there is a difference between centralization and decentralization also too. I don't know the laws behind any of this, depending on whatever regions Binance operates, because I'm not a Binance user because I'm in the US as of now. But again, I may relocate to Bermuda because of consensus. Anyways, um, but I, I mean, even though I don't necessarily like people telling each other what to do, but CZ is kind of looking out for the underdog. So I kind of like that. And I guess we just have to see how the story plays out. 
I mean, I you're right it. about that last bit. We definitely have to see what happens. I'm curious <laughs> to see what happens following the sweet mainnet launch and who becomes the big player over there. That's for sure. But yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. There's also a little bit of layer one fatigue out there in the world. I think people are sort of being like, hey, you know, Ethereum's looking pretty good with these updates. They seem to be sort of assembling power on that chain. And yet we have these upstarts who are saying, hey, for X, Y, Z reasons, we're going to be better at making this work for the mainstream and more. So that to me is sort of the bigger story about what's going to happen later this week with this blockchain as people angle to get in on those tokens. Anyway. Is identifying and mitigating crypto risk a challenge? Do you need help balancing compliance issues with the need to protect against fraud? CypherTrace, a MasterCard company, can help. They work with banks, governments, regulators, exchanges, and other crypto entities to identify risk, trace the movement of crypto funds, and help comply with global regulations. Visit CypherTrace.com today for more information. We are going to do some reminiscing on consensus. So Balaji Srinivasan explained his $1 million Bitcoin bet rationale at consensus last week. He said the government printing money was the reason for his bullish call. He'll remember that the entrepreneur said he thinks Bitcoin could reach $1 million by June 17th. During consensus, he said, I may be wrong, but I'm burning a million to tell you they're printing trillions. Let's see what else he had to say. I think we have a 10% chance of a very serious issue in months. 70% in years, 19% decades, and like 1% it takes like a century or so on. So I don't think it's 100%. Mm -hmm. But even a 10% chance is, uh, you know, whether it's 90 days or the specific number, I'll get back to that in a second, but the specific number, you know, is, is high. That is to say, uh, I see a lot of fragility in the system. I see a lot of things which are literally walking like Wiley Coyote, you know, from Looney Tunes. So there's like a cliff below. There's nothing there. There's nothing below it. All right. So it really sounds like he's kind of reneging on that hard one million by June 17th number. You heard he broke it up into different percents. Zach, I see you smoking <laughs> over there. What, what do you make of what Balaji said at Consensus? Hey, no shade. We've all been there. You know, you, you bite really off have. a bit more than you can chew and you're like, well, 10% probability, 19% probability. You know, it's like, it just happens. Like, you know, he's standing by the bet. I think he made this bet with two people. So $2 million is on the line here. And I don't think he's going to win that bet, but you are right. He is making a lot of noise about prospects of hyperinflation hitting the US dollar and saying, hey, check out this Bitcoin thing. It might be the answer to some of your problems. So that uh, is the big picture. But yeah, I can't help but smirk a little bit. It is pretty funny, right? It's like, okay, well, I set these very specific numbers, these very specific dates, and then some weeks later, as that trajectory is not looking very likely, I'm going to change those dates. And you know what? It's the broader picture that counts. It's the big picture that counts. It's a sentiment that counts. But hey, I'm not the one putting up $2 million. That's some big cojones, okay? So I am not one to knock that conviction. Do you, Balaji? Do you? I think it's great <laughs> that you're out here, you know, spreading the gospel of Bitcoin, perhaps, perhaps quite expensively. But hey. All right. I got to say that I love that Bitcoin gets a lot of free marketing. Makes me very, very happy to see. But I feel like we need to go back in time and bring up the one and only John McAfee. Do you guys remember his prediction that he gave oh, years ago? Oh, man. Yes. With John's prediction, he was like, this is going to happen. He didn't give percentages. He didn't give all these things. He's like, this is going to happen. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. Um, he ended up not doing what he said he was going to do, which, yeah, we'll leave it at that. But I feel like these predictions are fun. Um, but at the same time, 
it's just very interesting that he's kind of like going back on what he said and he's giving the fancy like work around with the statistics and the numbers and the percentages and this and that and the other thing. I personally do think we will see $1 million Bitcoin one day. Um, I don't think by June 17th, I don't necessarily <laughs> think in the next year, um, but I do think it is happening. It's not financial advice and um, yay, free marketing for Bitcoin. Woo! Maybe we'll all be biting our tongue come June 17th. Who I would love that. knows, Wendy? <laughs> the one thing I will say is, you know, amongst all of this $1 million Bitcoin hoopla, I think that the fact that he's highlighting the fragile banking system that we talk about so much on the show is good. So yes, it's marketing for Bitcoin. Maybe there's ulterior motives. Who knows? But the fact that this conversation and discussion about this very, very fragile banking system in the US comes up with this discourse and the potential of a black swan event in the financial system, I think that that is a good thing. But Zach, I will give you last word on this one. I mean, I hope to be in a position one day to make a million dollar bet. I'm so Me far too. from that that I can only imagine the level of angst and anxiety that's associated with this. But maybe when you're Balaji level, you just give no Fs and you're just out here doing this thing. And you know, for that, for that, I respect him. For that, I respect him. I think if you're making $1 million bets, you don't have angst and anxiety about that, about that money anymore. I don't know because I've never I, been there, but that's what I think. I, yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right about that. It's like him and like Drake betting on like sports, right? <laughs> this is actually like at least a bit more high-minded in terms of high-stakes bets. But like, yeah, I feel like Drake also makes similarly large bets and, you know, lives to tell the tale at least. So, hey, respect. Respect. All right, let's move on to a little bit of a more fun story. Coin Market Cap is launching a new TV show. It is reality TV, and the show is called Killer Whales. It's going to invite entrepreneurs to pitch ideas for new Web3 products and projects a la Shark Tank. Judges are going to be made up of entrepreneurs, influencers, and founders of Web3 companies. And the show was founded by Paul Caslin, who is an MTV VMA Awards producer. I just am going to say I would love to be on this show. So if anyone is like listening in who can have me as like one of the guest sharks, I would love that. Wendy, what do you think of this? <laughs> I want to say hello to all of the killer whales. Hello, hello, <laughs> hello. I hope this show does incredibly well. Also, my very good friends, All Coin Daily are affiliated and Cordell also. And I'm very, very excited to see who else they are going to be casting and all of those fun things. So a quick hello and goodbye. <laughs> That is hilarious. That is <laughs> hilarious. Anyway, yeah, I feel like this day was going to come, right? Like, you know, maybe this is a maturation story. Like crypto needs a show like this, right? To showcase up and coming ideas. Hopefully it doesn't become a big old conflict of interest pot where people are promoting this thing and blah, 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 blah. Crypto has been known for that in the past. But like at its core, at its most pure, this is an idea whose time has come. We should see emerging projects go do their thing. Whether or not this becomes part of sort of the marketing funnel for CMC and Binance, which CMC, uh, wait, no, Binance owns CMC, right? So whether there's some sort of relationship there, TBD. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to check it out. I hope that they find like the Web3 Kevin O'Leary, who's like super salty and just goes off on these people. How to have that person on the show. And if that person is there, I'm going to tune in. What do you think? Couldn't it just be Kevin O'Leary? No. It could. It could. It could just be Kevin O'Leary. I, I, will say, yeah. I will say that I have heard through the grapevine that there will maybe be a judge that's going to be focusing on social good on how to actually onboard Web3 folks, like people that are non-crypto savvy, et cetera. So I'm very looking much, I'm looking very, very forward to that judge and to their opinions in that aspect. 
We talk so much about mainstream adoption and education, and I think that this is like a different and more fun and maybe better way to do that, right? Instead of people sifting through white papers, trying to educate themselves, trying to like figure out what's real and what's not real and what not to click on, something that has entertainment value that mimics a show that people understand in real life where people come on and are forced to explain their technical products in a way that everyone can understand might be a good step in the right direction. So I'm, I'm excited to see it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. It'll be cool. I mean, <laughs> we'll see go. what happens. It'll mm-hmm. be cool. I mean, Kevin O'Leary, wasn't he like an FTX guy? He was yeah, caught up in he the was. FTX thing. So I don't know. I don't know if they want to have him involved, but you got to bring some spice. You know, you got to have the social, I get the social good, I get the social aspect, but you got to have, you know, you got to have the, you know, the, the flamethrower who's out here just making it entertaining. Good TV is good TV. I may know somebody sassy who else uh, may be joining the cast, so we'll we'll just have to see. Wendy with all the secrets. Yeah. Hello. Hi. Okay. Well, we could do our. (laughs) We could just. What if we just did it? What if we just pivoted to like? Yeah. What if we just had some people on? We're like, you know, tell me about your project, and then like we could just break it up. Like Jen could be like, you could be the social good, and then I could be the Kevin O'Leary, and then. Wendy could be like, I don't know, you could be like, like what's her name? Like Lori Grenier? Was that the, was that the, was that the one on the, on the Shark Tank? She was good. Yeah, I yeah, used to, I great. used to watch Shark Tank, but like so many years ago. But it, it's good I TV. I still watch it. It's good TV. I've, it comes up on my TikTok. That's how old I am. Shark Tank comes up on TikTok. I know. Nice. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so old, I don't even have TikTok, so you're definitely far younger than I'm. All right. <laughs> Birthday season coming up. All right. I'm Zach Seward. I'm wrapping this show. That's Jim Sinassi. We got Wendy O. We're the hash. We're back online. We were live last week. It was super fun. Consensus was super fun. If you were there, I hope you had a super fun time. I know. Until next year. Yeah, 2024 dates have been announced. Go check it out. Get that early, early, early bird. You know what I'm saying? All right, that's it. That's it for the show today. Check us out on the podcast network, CoinDesk Podcast Network. A lot of good stuff to download and listen to. We will be back tomorrow. Same place, same time, same squad. Let's do it. Bye, everybody. Have a good day. Bye. You've been listening to The Hash on the Coindesk Podcast Network. We would like to hear from you. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out to us at podcasts at coindesk.com, subject line, The Hash, or leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening. 